podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, Game week 26, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Fun weekend ahead of Premier League games. I mean, if if you've been watching the Champions League so far, a few KG performances, a few exciting ones. Um, If you look at that Man City performance, and I'm sure Man City fans will be buzzing into the weekend and their opposition's uh, spurs, I think, will be a bit nervous (laughs) seeing how, how... Man City perform midweek, but this is all about the English Premier League, and I am joined by the OG um, here at a tad predictable, Jake Jackman. Now, Jake, this relegation battle, you know, it's I I don't even know how many teams to group into the relegation battle, but it's really really becoming quite exciting, and I think you are you optimistically. You know, are you cautiously optimistic at the moment, or what? What's the thought process as our resident Newcastle fan and, and I guess Newcastle's favourite son? <laughs> I'd, um, I I wouldn't say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'd say I I was very optimistic. Oh, so, there we go. There we I go. Think, yeah, I think that um, we we did have quite a bad record of keeping leads, and I think we dropped something like 21 points from winning positions, and, and we started to now keep hold of those leads. So. It was, it was always it was always going to be an easier thing for Newcastle to start winning matches because they kept getting themselves in those positions. Whether I don't think the likes of Norwich, Burnley, uh, Watford, even Brentford and Everton have been winning as many times or you know scored the first goal as many times as Newcastle. So it was always going to be a an easier process for Eddie Howe to, to turn that around. He's definitely done that. Um, the the injury to Trippier is a little bit of a is, is a bit of a blow, but I think that. You know, we've got positive momentum behind us. I think it's quite rare for a team that's, that's at the bottom of the table to have the momentum Newcastle currently have. So I think that that, that force alone is probably going to see us safe. And yeah, I think now we've got out of the bottom three, I'd be very surprised if we went, dropped back into it at any point. Yeah, it, it it will be interesting to see how it unf- uh, unfolds. And then also, I, I don't know if the, the fixture list or the difficulty in the fixture list then comes into play um but in terms of um you know where newcastle stand i think win the games that they 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 should be winning and then treat the games you know that maybe against some of the or maybe the top 3 because in terms of the top 4 race we'll get to that later on 
those teams are dropping points as well. So maybe their points up for grabs there, but it seems the top three, maybe top two at the moment are a bit stingy at giving other people points. But Jake, we start off the podcast with Newcastle. So it, it, it is, it is fitting that we continue this good vibe that you have going because I mentioned how those teams that are battling for that coveted fourth Champions League spot, they've been giving up points of late. Um, you guys will be obviously coming over to London to face West Ham. Is this the point where you start saying, okay, we've got a couple of wins under our belt, which should help us with the difficult fixtures coming up? Or is it just a case of we're in a damn good mood at the moment and come what may, we're going to be, you know, up for taking anyone on. Uh, and this is a Newcastle side that hasn't um, unleashed Gomez yet. Yes, I think it's a horrible game for West Ham, if I'm honest. I think that we go into this game, obviously, we've won a few games. Um, we've climbed up the bottom three. This is definitely a, a game that, that if we lose, it doesn't really matter. Um, whereas for West Ham, they they probably need to win this. They're going to go back into Europe soon. They're going to start to get the, the problems of the fixture congestion. They're probably looking at this and thinking a home game against a team that is, is in the bottom of five. They've got to be winning that. So, yeah, I think all the pressure's on West Ham. They're going to be coming up against a confident team, uh, a team that's, that's playing with momentum. I think that in recent weeks, West Ham haven't been playing too well. I think that against Watford, um, they got they got the win, but it was a little bit scrappy against Leicester. I thought they were poor in the second half. They Their defenders seem to be in, in quite poor form. I, I looked at Cresswell, he didn't play too well. Soufal got withdrawn early because he was, he was getting taken apart by Harvey Barnes. And I look at some of the players we have, St. Maxima and Fraser are both in really good form up front and especially St. Maxima running at those two fullbacks who 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 didn't cope with the Leicester threat last weekend and St. Maxima is, is is a much better dribbler than those two Leicester players that they that they were against last week. So I think it's it's a game that we can approach with some positivity. Um and yeah, it's a difficult one for West Ham. I, I think they have been on the par recently. Um and yeah, I, if the Trippier injury does hurt us a bit because he's been quite a important player for us he's been our playmaker really um in possession uh, and his set piece threads obvious as well and his leadership so that's definitely gonna gonna hurt us but maybe it's gonna be a day for for Bruno Gimaresh to come in he can definitely take over that sort of playmaking role uh, even though he plays in a different position to Trippier he's he, he play he's similar he can play a similar role in possession maybe that'll be something Eddie Howe looks at but yeah I think we can get there with confidence and I don't think West Ham have too many goals in them at the moment they seem to be reliant on Jared Bowen um, and although he's been in great form can he keep scoring at this rate he, you know he, he can't score every single week they need goals from elsewhere and, and Antonio doesn't seem to be in great form um, I think with the Trippier injury I'm going to go for a one-all um, but yeah if, if he didn't get injured and we had him I'd be I'd be quite confident of going there and getting getting a win but yeah I'll, I'll go one-all but I think that yeah that, that would be a good result for Newcastle sort of continue our positive momentum yeah, and as you say, away from home to a team fighting for top four, I, I think that's a fantastic result. Um, getting a draw, a, a win would be a bonus. And I think you could get a win. Like, it's a definite possibility, but I'd gone with a draw as well. I'd gone 2-2. I was worried that you were going to go with a, a, a win and kind of nudge me in the direction towards a win, but my scoreline was already quite high. I, I'm worried about both defences uh, in transition. And that's kind of where the the high amount of goals have come in uh, from a Newcastle perspective. I think Trippier actually not being there probably helps a little bit defensively. Um, is it Kraft that then comes in? 
Yeah, I think Croft will play this week. Yeah, and I, I would think maybe, obviously, without the emphasis now being on him as it is with Trippier from an attacking standpoint, he can just concentrate defensively and maybe that helps out. But I'm worried about the centre-backs of both teams. And I, I, I do think that both attacks, both counter-attacks are going to enjoy this game. So yeah, I've gone 2-2 two, two draw. It's a good vibe for Newcastle in terms of, you know, not losing many games recently and going into this period in a positive vibe and any point at this stage I think with so many teams being roped into that relegation battle I think puts pressure on other teams um, because not everyone's going to win in in that bottom half of the table so it definitely puts pressure on we move on to another one of the teams vying for that top four position and then a team that could get roped into that relegation battle it's Arsenal versus Brentford now Jake, Brentford are a team that they keep hovering just above the relegation zone. And I keep justifying week in, week out how I, I think they may be fine. I think they may be fine, but it's starting to get a bit close, uh, too close for my liking in terms of um, teams starting to catch up to them. A, a, a Norwich win or something like that um, this coming weekend and another bad result for Brentford might change the outlook for that. And then also from Arsenal's perspective, they can't, uh, you know, slow down in their fight to get top four. At the moment, they've got games in hand on both West Ham and Man United. Three games in hand on both of them. Um, they're four points uh, behind Man United, two points behind West Ham. So they can leap over both of them and, and kind of set the stall on, on their intentions there. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a straightforward win for Arsenal. I've not, I think Brentford are... are Definitely suffering from a, a loss of momentum. I think that they came up with with so much confidence and so much freedom in their first uh, season as a Premier League team. But I think we've seen it before. A whole uh, sort of ten years ago now, they're a good example of it. They came up like a like a house on fire, and then they they stayed up on the last day. Um, we do see it quite a lot with promoted teams. Leeds as well. It's been a little bit longer for them, but now we're seeing it. We saw it with Sheffield United. Teams just they just get tired. Uh, and teams figure them out. And I think we're seeing that with Brentford. Um, it would be interesting to see if Christian Eriksen plays. I think they're going to slowly bring him into it. I think it's more of a, a, a sign of the next season than this season, really. But they, it, they really need Tony back as well. He's been missing with an injury. And I just think that Arsenal... I think they've just become quite a good team under Mikel Arteta. And definitely the, the, the fourth best team in the league, in, in my opinion. I think that they've, they've, they've had a really good year. Um, they, re- they, they didn't have to play last week, so that will help them. Um, sort of, um, they'll come back fully rested. Maybe get a couple of players back from injury. Um, see, I'm, I think that the Arsenal are going to win this one. I think it's going to be quite straightforward—a two-nil home win. And uh, yeah, if the Arsenal uh, continue their surge up the table, and yeah, I, I, I do think Brentford are going to get dragged into a, a just a team, a team that's just losing that many games. It's so difficult to turn that tide. Um, you, know, you see, with with Norwich and and, and Newcastle, they're winning games now. It's easier to carry that on when you when you go on a run and get some confidence. With Brentford, I think they've been at their most confident. I don't think they're going to get back to the place they were at the start of the season. So I think we're going to see see them fall down the table. I'm not going to say they're going to get relegated, but I definitely think they're going to going to finish closer to the bottom three than they currently are at the moment. So yeah, it's it's, it's a worrying time for them. 
Yeah, and, and it's a revenge game for Arsenal, considering what happened at the beginning of the season. And it kind of contrasts how the two teams have shaped up following that game. Obviously, Brentford started off hot. Arsenal were a bit shaky. Arteta was on shaky legs at one point, but it seems like he's turned the ship around, as you were saying. I think the break would have helped them just to re-establish what Arteta needs from the team, and then they can sort of make a big push going forward i think they're all out of all of the cups if i'm not mistaken so it's just focus on premier league now you get to play pretty much a game every week so you get nice rotation nice resting of the legs there and and extra time to prepare for games and i think that's kind of going to suit i think that is going to suit arsenal um you went two nil i i had gone three nil I'd gone 3-0, so I'll stick with that. So I went 3-0 to Arsenal. Unfortunately for Brentford, I think, yeah, they are starting to get closer and closer, and that's not going to stop this weekend. Now, Jake, an interesting team for me, Aston Villa, they go up against Watford. Now, Aston Villa, we ran a poll um, on, on our Twitter handle when Aston Villa sort of during the during the the transfer window when they started to make a few decent moves around there. And it was kind of along the lines of where exactly were people going to be seeing South, um, Aston Villa finishing at the end of the season? Was it sort of staying mid-table, you know, just below mid-table? Was it a, a top half finish or maybe even an ambitious, you know, top eight finish? And, you know, I, I mean, considering how it's gone in the league of late, I don't know if that, you know, the the aspirations of that top eight finish is still a realistic get for them. But in terms of what they, how they want to finish the season, I think they will want to be finishing the season as strong as possible, um, getting back to winning ways. Uh, is, is this now officially the honeymoon that's over for, for Gerard? Yeah, it's tough. I, I wasn't really that impressed last week against Newcastle. We, you know, used to wake up... <laughs> You'd doubt it's in our defence, but last week Villa really didn't create a clear-cut chance in the game. It was considering that Coutinho and, and Buendia on the pitch, and obviously Dinier and Cash, two creative fullbacks, they just were quite predictable. Didn't really cause us any trouble, and uh, yeah, they, it was it was a really lacklustre performance in attack. And you'd expect more from Villa. I think they they've they've done well under Gerard, but definitely recently there's been there's been a drop off and it'll be interesting to see if he has to change his style a little bit because I don't think the the the, the way they played against Newcastle was was fitting of the players. I don't think Coutinho got on the ball enough. I think him and Buendia are sort of taking up similar positions. I think that having the full back so high up the pitch did leave their centre backs exposed. Um and yeah the the the, the midfield combination of Ramsey and and, and Louise, um, does that really work when you've got um, Coutinho and Buendia in the team as well? I think there's a lot of problems for Gerard to, to, to resolve. Um, I wasn't really too impressed with, with Callum Chambers at centre-back. Uh, I think Esri Conza will be back for this one. That would be a boost for them. But yeah, it's a work in progress. And I think Gerard will know that. And I think the club will know that. I, I don't think they'll be pushing on for top eight this season. But um, yeah, they've definitely got a... A, a good squad and they've got a good base to build on. I just think they need a few tweaks in the way they play. Um, and with Watford, I just think they're going, they're going down, <laughs> aren't they? I can't see can't see them staying up at this point. They just don't seem to be able to score goals now. I think the problem before was they were conceding too many goals and they had some prompting players in attack. Now they've got, you know, Dennis, King and Saar all back and available and they just don't seem to be able to, to cause that much of a threat under Hodgson. He's always defence first and 
I think with this team, it's it's too little, too late. I don't think he's got enough time to really implement his methods to to get them defensively solid and carrying a threat. I just think it's too late for them. Um, so with all that said, I think that Villa will return to winning ways uh, this weekend. I can see it being a another two nil win. I predicted that earlier. I think I predicted for this game as well. Um, I don't think Watford will concede many under Hodgson, but I just can't see them scoring many either. And I think that Villa will have the quality here to to get over the line and and get three points. Yeah, I had gone 2-0 as well, so we shared the sentiments in terms of scoreline. Um, I, I was a bit worried with Hodgson's remarks sort of this coming this past week in terms of, you know, I kind of basically put the attackers out there and they, they, they have to sort it out themselves was kind of what I got from what he was saying, which, which is a bit worrying. Um, and we'll see whether they can figure it out. But another attack that hasn't been able to fully figure it out i mean they do at spells it's i'm talking about brighton of course who i i enjoy watching them play until it gets to the final third and i think that's fair to say with a lot of people they they've they've scored 25 goals they've conceded 25 goals i mean that that kind of sums up how their season's going at the moment uh sitting in ninth place and i think a targeting a top 10 finish would be decent for them this season they come up against the burnley side who um, obviously they came unstuck against Liverpool 1-0 loss in that game and maybe I might go on a rant here but the pundits were just on and on about the chances Daesh was on about the chances that Burnley so many chances for Burnley in that game how did they not win they were showing highlights of chances when Burnley were offside and then were saying so many chances I do not understand that narrative um, at times when when the pundits do that why show an offside chance and and sort of attribute that as a potential chance to score it it doesn't count it was offside it's not going to count so I, I was a bit irritated with that um, and if you go and watch Fabinho's interview you can see his facial reactions to, he also I think was confused with regards to that but um, yeah it's, Virgost, if I'm not mistaken, is potentially not going to be able to play this game. Um, is that a big factor for them if he doesn't play? And and what do you? How do you think Brighton bounce back from that um, two-nil defeat to Man United midweek? Obviously, they're going to be a player down in terms of their starting lineup. Um, in in Lewis Dunk getting that red card. Yeah, it's it's a weird one um, with, with with Brighton at the moment. I think they're still on the right track. But um, they probably need that that quality centre forward that they, they've yet to get in yet. I think Morpé is a solid operator in the Premier League. He's always good for sort of ten to twelve goals. But I think Brighton either needs a, another striker to, to either replace him or to play alongside him. And and, and if they're not going to get that, maybe get a, a wide player that can score a few more goals. I think they're just lacking a bit of goal threat in that team. Um, but they're obviously a very very well oiled machine, and they're always a a difficult team to beat. I think with Burnley, they've just sort of got a, a confused attack at the moment. They don't know where to play Corne. They don't know where to play McNeil. I think Weghorst is sort of adapting to the league. I'm not sure if he will play this weekend, as you say, but um, they just look a little bit confused at the moment. I don't think they sort of targeted the right areas. I think that they needed to, to add a little bit more creativity in midfield um, and maybe, um, yeah, it's definitely the central midfield area that, that's a little bit confusing. Uh, for them, possibly even a right winger uh, to then play Corne up front. Um, yeah, they just they just don't look like they're going to score many goals. Um, and although they don't lose many, they they've got a good record for drawing games. They just they just I just don't think they're going to win enough games, sadly. Um, so yeah, with both teams sort of being misfiring in attack, 
I think that's gonna that's, if there's a goal this weekend, it'll only be one goal. But I think I'm gonna tip the nil nil here uh, and sort of see both teams go on with their their frustrating frustrating attacks. And you know, both teams are solid at the back, so I think I think a nil nil is a good bet. And does does uh, the fact that uh, they won't have Dunk playing does that affect their defense? Do you think or not really? I'm not sure. I don't think it really does. I think that Duffy has done well this season when he's played. I just think they know their role so so well, and and, and in the three, the three at the back system. I don't, I don't think it's each individual is less important. I know how important Dunk is as sort of building the play and and his leadership, but I think. Duffy, Veltman, and and uh, Webster are, are three solid centre backs, and I can't see them having having much trouble, uh, especially against Burnley. It, it, it might be a factor against a better attacking team, but against Burnley, I don't I don't think it will be. Yeah, I agree with you there. I've gone one 0 to Brighton. I do think my pace sneaks a goal in this one. Um, it 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 it's definitely going to be a low scoring game, and I think I can confidently say that it's going to be a low scoring game. Um. So definitely do check that one maybe out. If if you want to watch the play of Brighton in between their third their 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 third and Burnley's third and, and see patterns of play and beautiful passing, then maybe watch that game. I'm not so much for the excitement of goals. But maybe I could interest you in another one in terms of goals. I I don't know what to make of Crystal Palace at this point in time. They're an exciting young team that don't always put the, you know, get the results that I think maybe they deserve at times um, in games or it, especially the, the the effort that they put in from, from a creative standpoint. I don't think they always get the end results of it. Uh, they come up against a Chelsea side who I think it's safe to say at this point that they are probably, you know, I dare say nailed on to get that third spot. But it it seems like they they're kind of back on track. They had that two 0 game, um, obviously against Ch- um, Tottenham back in January. They haven't played in the Premier League since January, and that's kind of because they've been um, winning things worldwide. So the world champions come back to the Premier League. How do you think they do? Do they celebrate their their now renowned world championship dominance with another win against Crystal Palace in the London derby? I think this one's going to be a really good game to watch. I think that Chelsea might be a little bit uh, lethargic after their, their travelling. I think that Mason Mount being out is a big loss for them. Um, and they've still got a few other injuries. So, uh, And Palace, uh, they're confusing, but they're definitely much better at home. That's definitely been a trend for them this season. They've, been, they've played much better football at home, scored more goals at home, and, and just look like a, a, a much better team when they play at home. So... I think I want to tip a 2-2 draw. I know Chelsea got quite a good defence, but I just think the, the atmosphere at Palace and the attacking players they've got are going to cause some problems. And I think there'll be lots of chances um, and I think there'll be goals. So yeah, I think I'm going to go 2-2 for this one. Uh, and I w- really wouldn't be surprised to see Palace win it. I just think they're so good at home. It's when they go away from home that I think they're, they're a little bit more dodgy. But yeah, at home, they're, they're, they've, they've been really good under Vieira and I think that this is the type of game that they often show up in. So yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw fascinating um yeah so in terms of me i was tossing and turning literally it was going to be a coin flip in terms of who was going to get the 2-1 scoreline for me I, I could see both teams scoring one and then trying to figure out which one would get that second and i do think the travels for chelsea maybe a bit of celebration for them winning the trophy coming back to the premier league especially playing away from home as you say i think 
it depends how the players react and they should you know as professionals as a team that has won multiple trophies over the last couple of years they should be able to adapt back to the pace of the premier league but i'm i'm banking on palace catching them um still a bit lethargic from the world champion it's a different style of game that they've been playing for the last um, week um in terms of opposition and i think that will be to the benefit of Palace. So I'm going to lean 2-1 to Crystal Palace in this one. And Jake, you mentioned that you're going to be watching this game and it's obviously not going to be showing in the UK. It's one of the three o'clock kickoffs. Now, if only you had a way to sort of like watch it. Yeah, that would be good if, if there was a way to watch it. <laughs> yeah, like like if there was a way for you to just, I don't know, watch Supersport uh, the South African uh, channel that offers all of the Premier League games. Well, obviously, there is a solution for you if you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. They are a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can save with the new coupon code Router50. That you get 50% off a LITE router. Get it for only £7.99, and that's valid until the 31st of March. Guys, there are... Uh, virtual private network it's a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your your online identity you can hide your ip address you can shield your online data from third parties you can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website that you want so go check out libertyshield.com there are one two three four five six three o'clock games um, happening this weekend in the Premier League. There's no excuse not to have a VPN package, especially Liberty Shield VPN, to be able to watch your team play. Chances are your team is one of those that is not being featured on TV or maybe it's being featured on a channel that you don't currently subscribe to. So definitely do go check out Liberty Shield to sort out all of your problems. Jake, we move on to Bank It or Burn It. Now, obviously, you are the original gangster in terms of being the OG king of Bank It or Burn It, and you've had the lead um, all season long, 15 out of 25. You've been coasting along. You've mentioned that that's usually how you like to start, get the lead early, and then kind of work your way up, maybe puts a little bit less pressure on you um, whilst you still have the lead, and then you can you know go for big, big aggressive shouts and, and try and get maybe that, that holy grail of 25 out of 25. But I'm curious if it affects your strategy if I announce that we now have a new leader for Bank It or Burn It this season. Last week, uh, Mitch Letissier was stepping in as a last-minute substitution for his wife, Alex Letissier, and he ended up scoring 19 out of 25 in his first ever, I think I'm correct in saying first ever Bank It or Burn It. So, Jake, is the strategy out the window now? What What is going through your head? That, that's an insane score, 19 out of 25. I, I I think it's insulting for somebody to come and play their first game and, and go in so high. You've got to pay respect to the competition, I think. And uh, as a result, I think I'm going to have to go big for it, big today and, and recapture it for the uh, for the long for the long standing cast of uh, a tad predictable. You've got you've got to fight back here. You've got to you've got to get some sort of respect. He he's probably thinking we're a joke now. Come on, we we've got to get respect back for the the guys that have the guys and girls that have been a part of this show for you know the best part of two years now, two seasons that we've been on. So let's see how Jake gets on. Obviously, guys, for those that have never heard uh, Bank or Burnett, um, first and foremost, where have you been? Second of all, welcome. Um, 
it's 15 seconds that I'm going to put on the clock. Jake is going to try and answer all five questions in each of the five rounds before those 15 seconds run out. I'll read out each of the questions. Jake will shout out bank it if he thinks the scenario will happen or he'll shout out burn it if he thinks the scenario won't happen. Um, So the games are the games that we've just discussed, those first five. It's West Ham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Brentford, Aston Villa, West Watford, Brighton, Burnley, and then Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. And I'll read out the questions now so Jake can get familiarized with them. You at home can also jot them down and, and write your answers. Do tweet at a tad predictable what your answers were. So question A, possession over 55% to the home team. B, over three offsides. C, over 30 clearances. D, outside the box goal. E, knee slide goal celebration. Is that correct? Yep, that sounds it. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, so the first game is West Ham versus Newcastle. You've got to start strong. It's your boys, Newcastle. They're away at West Ham. They're getting potentially a 1-1 draw, if not more. But we'll see how that affects your answers. Jake, your time starts now, possession of 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over three offsides. Bank it. Over 30 clearances. Bank it. Outside the box goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Oh, come on, dude. You were on a roll. Oh, no. What a tease. What a tease with the burn right at the end there. Um. Oh, mate. Do you not like knee slides? What's going on here? I just can't. I don't see. I don't think it's going to be a knee slide. Oh, I, think, I can't remember if Jared Bowen knee slides or not. That was my thinking. I think he might do it. <laughs> but he's not going to score, so it's okay. To be fair, I, I can't remember either. Okay, let's go. Arsenal versus Brentford. Let's see how you go. Your time starts now. Possession over 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over three offsides. Burn it. Over, the, over 30 clearances. Burn it. Outside the box goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And that, yeah, 2 0. 2 0. I, I can see a couple of Arsenal players love a knee slide. I'm thinking yeah, Saka. 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 Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen Saka do it. I've definitely. Seen him do it. All right. Okay. So Aston Villa versus Watford. Oh, okay. Okay. I won't try and influence you. I won't try and influence you. I'll say what I was thinking after you've given your answers. Okay. okay. Your time starts now possession of 55 percent to the home team bank it over three offsides bank it over 30 clearances bank it outside the box goal bank it knee slide goal celebration bank it oh bank it all the way through jake is gonna take it to the bank i feel this feels good this this round feels good um and and you you got the one that I was I was going to hint to beforehand but you know for the integrity of the game I I didn't say anything but they've got Coutinho in their team outside the box goal were you thinking the same thing I was thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah. okay cool I think he likes a knee slide as well yeah. oh he definitely does so there we go he, he definitely does okay so you Coutinho can... to score you heard it here first all right, let's go. Brighton versus Burnley, the penultimate game. Your time starts now. Possession of 55% to the home team. Bank it. Over three offsides. Burn it. Outside, over 30 clearances. Bank it. 
outside the box goal. Burn it. Point to their heavens goal celebration. Nice like goal celebrations. Burn it. Burn it. Sorry. <laughs> that was last week. That was last week. I'm, 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 I was in the zone of last week. Okay. Uh, so, it's, okay. It's all right. I predicted it to be nil-nil. So whatever the celebration was, I was, I was burning it. <laughs> Fair enough. If there was ever a game for that to happen, it, I'm glad it's the one that was nil-nil. So that's good. That's good. Okay. So we've got one more left. It's obviously the game that you're thinking is going to be quite high scoring. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. We'll see how you get on with this one. Um, how are you feeling so far? Yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling I'm feeling like I've got a good set of answers. Yeah, it, it looks good. It looks good. The sheet looks good, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, let's see how you round it off here. Let's finish strong. Okay. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Your time starts now. Possession of 55% to the home team. Burn it. Over three offsides. Burn it. Over 30 clearances. Bank it. Outside the box goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Oh, a, a mixture there. Mixture there. A um, couple of banks in there sandwiched with the Burnets on the outside. Uh, Jake, that well played. Um, I know your score's not in yet, but I thought you did. I thought you were quite comfortable. Um and you represented the old guard pretty well. So so that's good. Yeah, I need to get at least 20. So I need a lot of knee side goal celebrations, I think. And a lot of outside the area goals. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see how it goes. Guys, do obviously send in your scores and, and your predictions at a tad predictable on Twitter. We'll move on to our next game, Jake. It's Liverpool versus Norwich. Now, at time of recording, Liverpool have a Champions League game this evening. Do you think that affects them heading into this game? I mean, it, you know, in terms of starting lineups, it's kind of a standard Liverpool starting lineup just Harvey Elliott I suppose thrown in as instead of maybe people might expect a Henderson there or a, a Cato or something but um, you've got Jota Mane Firmino um, Jota Mane Salah up top um, Trent Robbo and the fullbacks Kanate and Van Dijk at the back Allison in goal now the the center back next to Van Dijk I think it seems to be horse, uh, horses for courses um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Matip gets thrown back in for the Premier League game. And then in terms of midfield, I think the two eights outside of Fabinho are the ones that will probably be more rotated than Fabinho. And then obviously the front three at the moment, you can't really drop Shotter. So I'm not surprised he starts in the Champions League. Probably, you know, Firmino then starts in the Premier League. We'll see how that goes. Against the beloved Norwich. Now, obviously, this is going to be a tough game for me. Um, Norwich being the unofficial official unofficial team of the podcast for this season against um, my Liverpool team. Um, as much as I want Norwich to stay up, I can't afford to give them any point. I know... I know the title race is probably over. It's it's most likely over. I thought Liverpool at the beginning of the season, I thought Liverpool had a stronger chance in the cup games. I thought we were built as a cup team more than a, a league campaign team. And it seems to have been working out that way so far. So um, I was kind of proved right there. So maybe Liverpool kind of just sacrifice a three points here for the greater good. Would, 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 you, would you be happy if Liverpool sort of put a B team or something and Norwich get a win here? Um, no, I wouldn't be. But um, I, I, I think that uh, 
Liverpool are going to have enough for this one, even if they rotate. I think we might see Luis Diaz make score his first goal for the club this weekend. I think that's on the cards. I think whatever team Liverpool put out, it's going to be good enough to beat Norwich. I think that they've had an upturn recently, but they're still quite a poor team and probably going down as, as much as you may wish otherwise. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't see them can't see them getting the getting the result this weekend. I think it's going to be a a comfortable win for Liverpool. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go. 3-0. I think that a little bit of rotation might, might mean it's not as, as, as heavy a defeat as it as it may have been. But yeah, I think I'm gonna go for the for the three 0 and Lewis Diaz to score. I think he's gonna gonna get a goal. Jake in a big spot. Lewis Diaz to score in that one as well, guys. Uh awesome stuff there. Yeah, Liverpool should have enough regardless of what team they put out. And knowing Klopp, he usually does he he's been listening more and more to the sports scientists in terms of rotation and stuff which has been good this season and i think that will bear fruit in this game where um there will be quite a bit of maybe not a lot of rotation because i think champions league he has the five substitutions so he can kind of get away with a, a bit of movement there and, and resting players that may need it um and there's no way Klopp's going to be giving up on the league i don't think that's in his nature but having said that I'm going to go for a 2-1 Norwich win because I want, look, I want Norwich to stay up. I need Norwich to stay up. This whole season is been backing Norwich and I can't go against them now. I know Liverpool are my team, but I have to stick to what I said at the beginning of the season. I do think Liverpool are more a cup team than a Premier League team. I think Norwich, oh, it, it's, it, it, if I'm honest, you know, if I'm going with my, my head and my heart, um, I'm definitely going with a Liverpool win here. But in terms of just putting positive vibes out there for Norwich, um, if they can sneak a 2-1 win here, I just imagine the confidence they're going to the rest of the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably more leaning with Jake in terms of head and heart. But in terms of for the good of the podcast, uh, for the good of Norwich, <laughs> I've got a 2-1 scoreline there. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Jake, there will be no um, funny business when it comes to this next game, Southampton versus Everton. Uh, Jake, I've been very impressed with the way Southampton have approached games of late. And I think they would be feeling very unlucky at, at not getting the win over the weekend uh, in a game where they get that 1-1, the early kickoff against Man United. They come up against an Everson, Everton side who they started to flirt a little bit with, with that relegation zone. They at least get the win, the 3-0 win against Leeds on the weekend. What sort of Everton do we see in this game against what I think is a very exciting Southampton at the moment? Yeah, Southampton be good recently. Um, they, they seem to have found their stride again under Hassan Hoots and they always seem to go on these Good runs of form. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be sustainable over a longer period. They seem to, to have good runs and go back to being a little bit frustrating. But at the moment, they seem to be running hot. And in Everton, I think they were good last weekend against Leeds. But the game before against Newcastle, uh, they were very, very bad. I think they're, they're going to be... I think it's going to be a trend for the next few weeks. Everton are, are quite good at home, or at least better at home. And then when they go away, they, they might be a little bit... Uh, a little bit of a disaster, and I think that might continue. Uh, I don't think that I saw enough last weekend to to suggest otherwise. I thought Leeds were very poor, and I think that, that Everton, although they played well, they seem to be reacting off the crowd, and they're not going to get that at St Mary's. Um, and yes, yeah, I think Southampton are, 
have got the type of players to press them high and, and, and when Newcastle pressed them high a couple of weeks ago they, they really struggled their back four to, to deal with that and they were giving the ball away quite often and I think that, that trend might continue so yeah I'm going to go for a Southampton win here and uh, yeah I can see maybe Everton getting a goal because uh, Southampton do give up chances but I think Saints will have enough to win so I'll go 2-1 Southampton yeah, a positive result for Southampton there. And that would keep them um, in that top half of the table. Obviously, they've played a few games more than, you know, the likes of Leicester directly behind them. And if I'm not mistaken, Aston Villa as well. But I think that's a positive uh, game for Southampton. I agree with you in terms of Southampton win. I think they've looked good. I've, I've gone with a 1-0 Southampton win. Um I've gone a Breuer win as well. My fantasy will thank, will thank him if he can get a goal there. Uh, I I think Southampton are in a good mood at the moment. And as you say, when they go on a run, they usually go on a nice run. And, and I think that's going to be the situation in that game. Uh, we move on to the game that Spurs fans will probably be dreading. It's Man City versus Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham side that's not looking so hard at the moment, Jake. Uh, three losses on the bounce. Um, one of those losses to Southampton, a team we just mentioned, they came unstuck against Wolves last time out at home, losing 2-0. Um, they're coming up against a Man City side that is on a tear at the moment, and they're starting to get a bit... They're starting to ramp up the goals, which is scary, because it looked like for a certain point in time, City were okay with... We go in front and we kind of shut things down, and you know we can get into third gear game manage rest some legs whilst playing a game and and sort of see the game out now they're just like to howl with everyone we're just gonna blitz everyone um are, are you worried this could be a blitz here uh yeah definitely i think tottenham have been quite poor recently i just think that antonio conte is not he's changing his team and, and and i don't think that they're building any sort of chemistry in in the the way that he wants them to play you know matt doherty came in last week he was quite poor I think that without Eric Dyer, uh, surprisingly, they've really struggled. I think they really missed him in defence. Uh, I think that Son doesn't look as fit as he as he maybe should be. I think he's still carrying a little bit of an injury. He doesn't seem to be putting in the the runs that he normally does. Um, and yeah, City are just so so machine like at the moment. I don't even think they played that well against Sporting in the week, and, and they utterly destroyed them. So yeah, I don't think there's anything to. To, to grab on and cling for uh, if you're a Spurs fan I think it's going to be a, a miserable afternoon I know they've had some good days against City in, in recent years but I think a lot of them have been at home um, I think they, they've not done so well when they've gone away to Etihad and yeah I think it's going to be a, a comfortable City win I don't think we're going to score loads of goals um, but I think it's going to be quite a comfortable victory I'll say 2-0 uh, City 2 Oh, okay, interesting. Look, Spurs in previous years and previous versions of Spurs have kind of done well or relatively well against Man City sides. But at this point in time, Spurs' defense is so suspect at the moment. They don't talk as well. They they rarely ever talk if you watch them at the back there. And my concern is when you're playing a City side who, you know, no striker, no problem, the movement is key for City. They've got runners coming in, out, around, all the time. Everyone is always moving. And if you have a defense that's not talking and you have guys that just let players run past them and not pass them on to the next player um, to, to watch out for, you could be in serious trouble. I've gone 4-0 to Man City and um, I apologize to Spurs fans for that, but I just don't see it any other way. I just think 
City's movement uh, from an attacking standpoint is going to be too much for Spurs' defense, which is very worrying at the moment. And on the other side of things, I don't know if the attack is firing on all cylinders in a way that it needs to be against a side like Man City. So I'm 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 worried about that. And I'll swiftly move on to Leeds versus Man United before I get in even more danger for that Spurs prediction. But Leeds versus Man United. Jake, I'm I'm gonna come out the bat here and go for a, a, a two 0 Man United win. Um I know Man United have been shaky of late, but I just think Leeds are one of those teams like Brentford who it's starting to get a bit shaky for them, or it's actually very shaky for them looking at the table. They're in 15th place, uh, two points uh, be, uh, ahead of Newcastle. Obviously, they've got that six points ahead of Norwich, and they've played uh, a game less than Norwich. But it's not been very impressive for Leeds at the moment. And when you do take the likes of Calvin Phillips and Patrick Bamford out of that team, it takes a whole lot out of them. Um, I think... Uh, they're going to be in trouble here against Man United. Obviously, I thought Man United were poor in the first half against Brighton, but then, you know, Ronaldo comes up with the goods for the goal and then the red card kind of seals the win for them, I thought. Um, are you are you looking at this game any different? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for Leeds. Um, I I think they're the perfect matchup for Manchester United in terms of giving the Man United players space and, and time to play the ball. I think that Leeds struggling against midfield runners and Fernandez seems to be doing a lot of that at the moment and getting in behind defence. So I think he's going to have a great day uh, against Leeds. I think he got a hat trick in the in the first game, all from open play. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a couple of goals this weekend. Um, and yeah, I just think that it's going to be a quite a routine game for Man United. I just think Leeds. I think feel like things are reaching a, an end with Bielsa. I think he's been so important for the club, so influential. But I just think that. His methods are quite demanding, and I think they they have a they have a lifespan in in the modern game, and I think we're reaching the end of that. Um, and yeah, I just think that Manchester United at the moment could drop points to any team. They they are they're not in a good shape themselves, but I just think that Leeds will play into their hands. We've seen it time and time again with them. I think they beat them six two in this fixture last year, and then they obviously um, I, no, I think it was six two at Old Trafford last year. They obviously won. I think it was four one at the start of the season. They seem to do really well against Leeds, uh, and I don't see Bielsa changing anything about the system. So I think it's going to be another really comfortable afternoon for Manchester United. I think we might. I'm going to go for a a three-one Manchester United win, um, but it really could be more. And I think that yeah, Bruno Fernandes is the one to watch out for. He, he's proven that he can cause Leeds a lot of problems, uh, and he's got a really good record against them. And I think that's going to continue, especially especially if they rest Ronaldo for the Champions League. I think that. That could make that will make Manchester United even more dangerous uh, and even more fluid in attack. <laughs> so, you know, Ronaldo has his qualities definitely, but I think in a game like this, it's so energetic. You want to get Bruno Fernandes as far forward off that pitch as you can, and taking Ronaldo out of the equation is going to help Manchester United definitely. And I think that He's yeah, the arsonist and the firefighter for me at Man United is Ronaldo. I think yeah. he'll get he's going to get his numbers as you say but I think it's to the detriment of the team but hey um we move on to the last game that we'll be talking about on this podcast guys obviously we know there are midweek games next week we'll bring out a fresh podcast around Monday time to discuss those games it will also allow us a chance to get to watch these weekend games and give you guys a bit more of an updated um score predictions on how we see those midweek games going so don't worry we'll we'll, we'll bring out 
not a podcast for those games but for the weekend games we end off with Wolves versus Leicester um Jake are Wolves the dark horse for this top four race I mean they're quietly going about their business and I've been saying they're quietly going about their business for so long now that I don't think it's a secret anymore the secret's out Wolves are in this battle for top four and they showed that last time against uh, Spurs, I thought, to kind of make a statement when to say, hey, don't forget about us here. We're still there. We're still tough to beat. We're tough to score against. We may not always score a lot of goals, but at the very least, if we're not letting you score, we're we're in a good position going forward against a Leicester side who, uh, this isn't the season for them. I think they kind of just write the season off. I don't think they're in danger of going down. Um and I don't think they're going to do much in terms of, you know, challenging for European position. So it's kind of a write-off season for them and try and regroup for next season. But talk to me about Wolves. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about them. Yeah, they've been really good, haven't they? I think that Bruno Large is, is really taking on the work of Nuno uh, and, and where some might have feared that things might have might have gone downhill for Wolves. He, he's re-energised the squad uh, he's kept with that three at the back formation. I think that Cody, Kilman and uh, Sice have, have really developed an excellent relationship. And, you know, watching last weekend, Tottenham could do a lot worse than going and buy all three of those and plugging them into their own defence. <laughs> I think that they, they've got such a good understanding. Um, I think Eight Nori has been, been a revelation this season. He's really come on and, and started to, to, to show the potential people thought he had when he came over to the Premier League. Um, the main thing for me is that it's that attack. I just, the reason I don't think they'll finish in the top four is I just don't think they'll, they'll score enough goals. And I think that, you know, if if you don't score goals, you, all it takes is to let in one and then you, you're really up against it. Uh, and him and they scored last week, hopefully that's going to be a, a resurgence for him and he can start to, to score more regularly. But um, I wanna, I'd want to see it for a few more weeks before I start to 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 get on that, that particular bandwagon I think we need to see a little bit more from them I think with Pedro Neto might be back soon he'd be a he'd be a massive plus for them if they get him back um, but yeah we need to see a little bit more from those attacking players uh, Podence as well uh, and in Quang he had a he had a nice little run when he first joined but he's not really shown much since um, yeah so we need to see a little bit more from their attack but Leicester on the other hand they've got some really good attacking players but their problems are at the back so you know we've we've got We've got one decent attack against a good, a really good defence, and we've got one misfiring attack against an awful defence. And it, normally, these games go in in favour of the side with the, the better defence. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to tip Wolves to win one nil. Might be a goal from a set piece as Leicester really don't defend them very well. Um, so yeah, I might, I'm, I think I, I might tip the the Roman size goal and and one nil Wolves, but. I don't think there's going to be many goals in this one. Uh, purely because Wolves don't score money and they don't concede many, so to, to bet against goals is always a, is a good is a good thing to do. I think we we end the podcast in harmony because it's a one 0 from me. Um, I agree with everything you've said, and I, I think that I think Wolves are going to be a dark horse. Don't tell anyone. Shh. But Jake, that's going to do it for another episode of a tad predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, so you can get me on my Twitter, which is at Jake Jackman with two N's. Uh, anything I do, I'll post over there. And yeah, you can, you can find my writing on a, on a variety of websites, including EPL Index. So yeah, you can check all that out. 
awesome stuff uh guys from my end uh as jack has mentioned epl index website go and check them out there's match match previews post-match reviews player performances also you know player reviews i know jake you did a piece on Jaden sancho and whether he's you know is, is he starting to show signs of maybe the player man united thought they'll be buying do you want to tease that one a bit or yeah, so I just looked into, into Jane Sancho recently. I thought he played quite well against Southampton, uh, and I think the, the move to the left hand side has is, 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 is helped him sort of show some better form. And I thought he was good again last night as well. Um, before he went off, so yeah, I think that he's starting to show development. He's not quite the player he was in Dortmund, but there are some promising signs. Interesting stuff, guys. Do definitely go and check that article out. Um, Check out the Two Footer podcast with Dave Hendrick that goes on every single day um, of the week. Uh, you can also check out the flagship show, EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams, including Jake Jackman is one of the regular guests on there. Um, they do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Follow this show's Twitter page at a tad predictable on Twitter. Follow at EPL Index Twitter. Subscribe to epl index podcast channel on your podcast providers guys if you feel so inclined uh give us five stars write some positive comments that stuff goes a long way uh go sign up for the free predictions competition eplindex.com stroke predictions um all you have to do is send in your predictions each week and you stand a chance to win. Um, that's at eplindex.com stroke predictions. If you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL shop and also £300 cash prize money from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. Um, I've been Teddy Ochanakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. Um, huge thank you to Obi Semenya for our intro music. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Jake Jackman. He's looking for redemption for the OGs. He's at Jake Jackman on Twitter. That's Jake Jackman with two N's on Twitter. And remember, Chisunga Perry, Chinoshura. Rousey strikes it! Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant! The Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to hit. Menez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2 0. Jesse Lingard! Oh, thumping finish! The champions of 2021 are Manchester. Sports Social Podcast Network.